contract Fresh like I just got a max Roll up that we ballin' to the max Fresh like I got a contract Moving through the city we be going What's up, everybody? We are here. We are back with another episode of Hoops and Brews, man. My man, Pavi, might not be in today, but subbing in for him today. We got the OG of OGs, uh, Mr. Glasses Malone, joining us so we can talk some NBA trade deadline. We got, I, I feel like we got what we wanted out of this trade deadline, unless you're a Laker fan. Um, I think Laker you got fan. what you wanted. Or if you're a Bulls fan. I know Bulls fans were very mad that, that they didn't make any moves, but... The general manager said, you know, for the Bulls today, said that they're starting power for Patrick Williams, who broke his wrist early in the season. They said he would be out because he had some ligament damage and had surgeries. Basically, the Bulls GM said that he would be back before the end of the season, but he's not going to put a date on it. So the Bulls didn't make any trades. So if you're a Lakers fan, Bulls fan, it sucks, but it is what it is. You not are obviously same. a Lakers fan. It's not fan. the same. It's not. Talk to me. How you feeling about it? How you feel about the, How you feel about your Lakers? I appreciate you trying to make us feel like we have something in common, but mm-hmm. obviously we don't have much in common this year at all. Outside of the fact, neither one of us made a move at the trade deadline. Y'all in theory, the Bulls fans don't need to. Mm-hmm. Um, and really we don't need to. Mm-hmm. Our core is the problem. Our core was going to be the problem the first day. We talked about this um roughly six months ago and we all we kept saying the core was going to be the problem glasses was proven to be correct it, it starts with lebron james and it starts with lebron james and it starts with uh what's kobe's man um uh oh rob palenka yeah rob palenka so i'm not gonna give any i'm not gonna give any blame to frank vogel i'm not gonna give any blame to anthony davis I'm not going to give any blame to Russell Westbrook. I'm not going to give blame to Malik Monk or THT or Austin Reeves or any of these characters. I'm going to give blame to Rob Palenka, right? And I'm going to give blame to LeBron James. The blame for Rob Palenka is you hired Frank Vogel, who is a fantastic defensive coach. Mm-hmm. His identities and his teams are built through defenses. Mm-hmm. You literally went out and got him no defense. None at all. Actually, Zero. you they actually they took defenders away. Yeah, you, you got year rid by of the year. guys who helped us get our bubble ring. We had great defenders. And, yeah, we had a four-month break for veteran players. But we had to play just like everybody else for the championship. But we had fantastic defensive players. We had Danny Green, who's a multiple All-NBA defender. We had uh, Rondo, who's a multiple All-NBA defender. Avery Bradley, we just had – Great defenders. Dwight Howard was a little earlier in his prime. You know, every last piece, it was great defenders. Fast forward now, here we go right here. I said this when the season started. So first blame is to Rob Palenka. It's not Vogel's fault. It's Rob's fault. So if you do want to get rid of Vogel, I understand why. Because you literally handicapped him. But it's not Frank Vogel's fault. I think so he lost the more, locker room, though, to be honest, more than anything. Yeah, but it's still more of a free Vogel. You guys have doomed him. Rob doomed him. That's going to be the name of this episode, is, and, it's, and it's LeBron's fault because you know Russell Westbrook is not a combo guard. You know he's had success playing from one place on the floor. You have to give up that space 
and allow him to be the best version of Russ and compliment him. You have to do it. And if you're not, you're going to play four on five. And it's your fault because you know it. Eventually, it can't be about you getting a scoring title this year. Eventually, it can't be about you pursuing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. can't be about you getting these stats so your fan can defend that you're not playing defense. You have to get it together. This is all, this year is all on Palenka, and it's all on LeBron James. Yeah, I agree with you. It's definitely on LeBron. I think uh, I said it a, a month ago on the show, and you, I think you retweeted that clip. When LeBron is a system, you live and you die with LeBron. And if LeBron and in LeBron's system, it works. It works with a very specific core group of guys. It, it's only a few types that work with LeBron. And Anthony Davis is just so freakishly athletic. It's like He's having great. a Chris. It's like having a Chris Bosh on steroids for him, because also. Chris Bosch was a guy that didn't necessarily like to bang in the paint. He don't mind taking long mid-range, long three-pointers, standing in the corners, taking shots. Neither really is AD. But as far as everybody else on the team, outside of the center power forward kind of combo that usually LeBron will have on his team that can shoot and stretch the floor, there's usually a scoring combo guard that's out there on the wings that can slash and distribute. And there's a playmaking guard whose job is to go out Make some plays, play defense, and make occasional threes like Mario Chalmers or uh, or uh, Delonte West, like that's or or even a Mo Williams. Those were that's kind of their role. And then you usually have LeBron playing the wing, which this year he's been playing a lot more of the four, and he's been playing the wing. And usually LeBron is the main person holding the ball. You go out and you get a guy Russell Westbrook who does the exact opposite of everything that I just named. Russ is not. He does not defend and play make. He he's a he's a slasher, but he's only a slasher when he's creating his own opportunity. Like you can't run a play for him to get open coming off a screen and slash to the rim and throw him the ball. He's not one of those kind of guys. He, he's a playmaker he, for sure. He, yeah, he, no, no, he's a playmaker. But I'm talking about a LeBron get, no, used no, to playing no, with like a playmaking three and D point guard. But the fact basically. that but and the Russ fact is we're not talking, that at all. But the fact we're talking about what LeBron was in the prime of his it's year 19, bro. Mm-hmm. 19. That's not going to work. The fact that we're talking about teammates, we have LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and we can't beat the Blazers yesterday. That was honestly, and I took my lady to the last game that they played versus the Blazers when it was CJ and Norman Powell still in that team, and they lost that game as well. Or actually, no, the Lakers won that game that night. Yeah. Um, but what I saw last night was embarrassing. I have watched it, I tuned in because I'm like, I can't wait for the Lakers to lose tonight. I tuned into the Lakers to watch them lose. At this point, it's and, it's almost like the old days of back when they was when they was garbage after uh, after you know kind of in between Kobe and LeBron. Well, the thing about the Lake Show is we're never garbage. We're always in between title reigns, right? We're always in that. We've come to know that I, I grew up a Showtime baby where we're the we're the greatest team in the NBA during the eighties, and then you know in between titles you have to respool your roster. So we don't even look at the Van Exel years, Eddie Jones, Eldon Campbell, those Glenn Rice. We don't look at those years as garbage. We're, mm-hmm. we're happy with our teams making the playoffs. We're, we're They don't have to win. We understand we're in a re-spooling year. You know what I mean? Okay, yeah. then we, we, we get Shaq. We draft Kobe Bryant. And here we go again. Ten years, we're the best team in the league. Right? From mm-hmm. 2000 to 2002, we're the best team in the league. Got a big donation, by the way, by the homie Teddy Hart. Shout out to you, Teddy, one of our number one fans. He donated $20. He said, listen, 
I get LeBron ain't been perfect, but y'all saying the state of the Lakers play is his fault. Y'all are tripping, period. LeBron ain't while Russell Westbrook smoking layups and AD ain't consistently playing hard. Come on, G. Is is Anthony, hold on one second before you respond, Glass. Is Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook responsible for LeBron blowing them layups last night when they lost? LeBron had a drive to the rim with Anthony Simons on him with 40 seconds left. He smoked the layup. Was that, is that Russ's fault? But see, I'm not going to do that, right? I'm going to focus on his point. Yes, it okay. is his fault. Because you're making a guy who's not a multi-floor position. He's not a positionless player. Mm -hmm. So where he starts his offense from is important for his confidence. Russ is not the most skilled guy. He's, he's, he's actually LeBron Jr., except he's seven inches shorter. Mm -hmm. So where he's starting his offense from, Brody, is important for his confidence, for his success rate, and then for his rhythm. He's always out of rhythm. I was saying this last year with Kyle Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma was always out of rhythm. Kyle Kuzma is almost back to being the player he is right now. He got Kyle Kuzma got Kyle Kuzma played so well this year. He got Montrez Harrell traded. Yes. Because Montrez coming off the bench, obviously playing 23, 24 minutes a night. 14 scoring, bucket, 14 a game. Which crazy is he's got the highest offensive rating for a player, I believe, or his top five in the league, Montrez yeah. Harrell, in terms of offensive rating. So they got a guy out, out of there so that way they can clear up more shots for Kyle Kuzma. Yes. That should let everybody know that whatever you thought of him when he was a Laker is null and void outside of his rookie year, which he averaged 18, I believe. Yeah, and, and he's back. He'll be there by the end of the season. And um, so so Russ, Russell Westbrook, and much love for the uh, the Super Chat, too. That was fire, man. That's, that's yeah. love, man. Yeah, thank His you. independent shit really needed, so it's really dope. Thank you, Teddy. So to address thank what you're saying, yes, it is, because Russ is not a positionless player. You have to allow him to play where he plays because he needs his rhythm as a true and superior athlete. That's what makes his game special. And you don't mm -hmm. get him if you're not going to give him that because you're going to get a player that's totally flawed, that's always out of rhythm, that's never getting the right looks. He's either this or nothing. It's not anything in the middle. And we knew that before he came into the roster. Moving on to Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is consistently playing hard. But the problem is Anthony Davis also is forced to shoot three-pointers, right? You're shooting three-pointers. This is a seven-footer shooting. Three, but the fact he's a seven-footer and we're talking about his three-point shooting percentage is fucking crazy. But again, because that's the LeBron treatment. You know, you want to talk about Kevin Hart missing Kevin, excuse me, Kevin Love missing threes. It's fucking Kevin Love. You want to talk about Chris? Why are your power forwards shooting this many threes? Because AD is taking, God, he's only taking 1.8 threes this, a game this year, but he's shooting 17.2%. Last year he, he took 2.8. any threes. With, I agree. And the reason he's shooting them is because you have a power forward at the top of the key. Right in the LeBron James system, you have a power forward at the top of the key who cannot make a shot at mid range. So you have to create space in the lane. So you're sticking him in the corner. You're sticking Russ in the corner. It is LeBron James for I don't care about his average. He can't play basketball like that any longer. No trade. They were talking about John Wall, man. His fans would have John Wall considering suicide within five games. He'd have been out of the league after this year. You cannot do that. That game, the way LeBron plays, is over. He's not playing hard enough on defense. I totally give Preach. all blame, cuz. All Preach. blame 
to, to LeBron James and the fucking GM. That's whose fault it is. Nobody else. It's not Frank's fault. Y'all fuck Frank up. Could have got Frank some defense. It's not AD fault. You got him doing all kinds of stuff that he told you he didn't want to do. The one person, everybody on the floor is compromised. Vogel don't got enough defensive pieces. Vogel don't have enough defensive pieces, right? AD is not getting his normal touches and rhythm. You can't even let Russell play, play in his position. And then what they do traditionally is talk about them shit numbers. He's not playing defense to get those numbers. He's letting somebody score a layup, and then he's just running back down the court full speed like a bowling ball with this half little layup at the rim. He's not trying to win. He's trying to lead the league in scoring. But they show me Russ trying to stat pad. But they always he's tell me Russ is trying to stat he's pad. He's trying though. to catch captain in a, in, a, in a gold jersey, and he's trying to lead the league in scoring. That's why we're losing. Palenka and LeBron James. Nobody else gets that blame from me at all. Those are the two guys responsible for our losing. And they need to do something about it. Somebody told me the Celtics would trade Tatum for LeBron James. If we could get Tatum right now for LeBron James, I would give my skin off my right arm. In a heartbeat. I'd take KD right now for LeBron, to be honest. Who? KD. KD who? Kevin Durant. Ain't nobody... The Nets would not trade Kevin Durant for LeBron James. I, I was thinking about that, right? What could we get for LeBron James right now, going into year 20? Nothing. Could Nothing we get Tatum? Picks. I don't believe that. I don't believe the Celtics give us Tatum. And then people keep saying, well, Palenka wanted DeMar DeRozan. This, we wouldn't have this version of DeMar DeRozan. Yeah, you wouldn't. He that, would be in the corner. That's not who he would be over there. That's yeah, him having an opportunity to be the best at his game. Everything else is around the LeBron system. You have to float around that solar universe right now. You have to float around that sun right now. That's the sun. The problem is the sun is not shining as great. It's not shining as bright. It's not shining as bright. It's just not. That sun is not there. Yes, Six years ago, that sun was bright enough to where it didn't even matter who was on the team. Yeah, now it's not. And but this is the thing, he's not he's he's never gonna change. And I think that's the the underlying factor in I genuinely think LeBron James will probably finish the rest of his career with either losing records or somewhere near losing teams. Like I don't think his teams will ever get back to the finals again. And I've said that sacrifice, and I've said that before. And AD went alien, um, you know, in that year versus the Lakers. And obviously LeBron made it back, um, you know, with the Cavs. And, but I thought he was done back then because I thought that his effectiveness would be a lot, you know, more limited as he moved forward. And really it took for him to leave Cleveland for his effectiveness to really take the dive that I've seen. Because LeBron, regardless of circumstance, used to be able to will his teams to victory. And now I, I don't see it anymore, defensively or offensively. I see the numbers. But if you watch the Lakers night in and night out, it's not it. It's not good. There's no flow. There's no rhythm. I ask Pavy all the time. I say, Pavy, what's the Lakers' offense? If you playing 2K, what system you running? He gonna say, Well, I guess you playing defense. Y'all don't. They don't play defense. So what system are they running? And the thing is, with Frank Vogel, when when you give him the pieces, he has shown he can produce a winner. Yeah. But if you give him offense, we have a horrible offense. I, I've told y'all this for years. 
the LeBron and AD offense is going to be horrible. It's not, I mean, it's not horrible. Forgive me. That's a bit harsh. It's not going to be top five because yeah. they are literally, they literally play from the same spaces on the floor. Both of them are effective mainly. So it's going to always be hard for both to keep their rhythm. And LeBron is going to establish himself first. There were years where LeBron allowed Anthony Davis in the first half to establish his offense first. That's mm-hmm. gone this year. Like now yeah. it's just like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to come back on the defensive end. I'm not going to score. I'm, I'm going to let them score. I'm going to have somebody pass the ball and I'm going to run full speed and I'm going to look and I'm going to hope that the transition defense isn't set and I'm going to barrel my way, barrel, barrel. Or barrel free, my or way into the paint and get a two point. Or I'm going to do this slow slide step to get my rhythm and shoot this three. But I'm not actively pursuing wins in competition. The numbers don't matter. Don't tell me about 27 and 7. That shit is fluff and flop. It's not it. That's not working. So if it's not working, stop looking at personnel. I get it that people want to add numbers. It seems easy, right? Hey, we add up the numbers and we, at the end of the night, we have 120. The other team will have 130. You actually have to get (laughs) stops. You have to. I agree. And I think that's the biggest issue with it. I think, uh, number one, when you just look at them night in and night out, and it's funny because Lakers fans, I see it on Twitter every day. They shuffle their lineups like, oh, Vogel should be playing these lineups. Then Vogel plays those lineups and the lineups get destroyed to shit. But what I find interesting about LeBron is he is now offensively really become like a – a shooter slash player. And before he played a little bit more in that range, like even Chauncey Billups, there's a clip of Chauncey Billups telling one of the rookies on the team on the Blazers yesterday. Uh, uh, he's like, if you back off Bron, Bron just going to try to drive past you and lay the ball up and you can't, you won't be able to be strong enough to stay with him. He's like, but if you push up into LeBron's body and really get up into his body, he'll just turn around and shoot a fadeaway. Next position down the floor, he pushed up into LeBron's body. LeBron realized he couldn't, you know, like he usually, First step so quick, space. turn, not even that, just his first step used to be so crazy. Sure, he sure. could just turn, Man, and before you know it, he gone. Yeah. F- gone. Turn, gone. Pushed into his body a little bit. Braun took a fadeaway, faded four feet away from the basket, almost by the three-point line when he let it go. Miss. Chauncey Billups was like, yeah, that's exactly what I told you to. His, he's so predictable now. He's extremely predictable now. And that's part of the problem because if you know what LeBron is going to do, and you know that LeBron is not going to be the facilitator anymore that's getting AD the ball, right? Then you know what Anthony Davis is going to do. And if LeBron isn't facilitating to Anthony Davis and LeBron is only scoring, then who's facilitating to Anthony Davis? You would think it would be Russell Westbrook, but a lot of the high pick and rolls that Russ is used to running with the big men that usually yeah. compliment him well, they're it's not there. Yeah. We got another. We got more donations from my man, Teddy Hart, man. Shout out to my guy, Teddy. Teddy said, this is one out of two. He said, LeBron, like I said, has, I'm sorry, has a part to play, but absolving everybody of any fault and putting it all on LeBron ain't an objective. Of course we, it is, Teddy but, Hart. But we, didn't, but we didn't, but also, but we didn't put it on, we didn't just put it on LeBron. No, we didn't. No, no. And, and then he also says, by your logic, Lakers should have been great during games LeBron missed, and we both know that didn't happen. They should have won when he was out, and they should have, and it should be a positive, a, a plus minus when he sits. No, number one, when he was out, AD was out. No, look, but, listen, go ahead. And, and that doesn't matter. 
And the reason that doesn't matter, which Teddy, much love to you, brother, man. Really appreciate that. Man, thank brothers you. Brothers really appreciate that. So shout out to you, Teddy, and straight up. So no, that, that's the point, Teddy, and you're being unobjective because you're saying I'm solely blaming LeBron. The Cardinal in the first person, I gave you two people to blame. The Cardinal person is Rob Palenka because the coach is a defensive mastermind. Mm-hmm. He's not going to have great offensive systems. That's not what he does. It's he's not never had one, even in Indiana. Indiana, it's just not what he does. He's a fantastic. If you give him defensive guys, he gets it done. The bubble ring, right? But if mm-hmm. you give him offensive tatums, like right, even if you have Russ and and AD, it can work. But it's not what your coach does. So again, it's not just LeBron. It's Rob Palenka and LeBron James. And yeah. that goes back to Rob. It's just not what he does. He's not a, he's not a fantastic offensive coach. Yeah, I'm gonna give you just a little bit of context um, in regards to um, in, in regards to Vogel, right? Even the year in which they went to the Eastern Conference Finals and they lost in seven versus the Heat, their defense that year had uh, was number one in the NBA with 99.8 uh, points per game allowed. And their offense was ninth in the. I'm sorry, their offense was 20th in the league, with only scoring 104.3 points per game. They were eighth in the league in terms of their overall net rating. Um, So you can just clearly go back and see, as you said, his success comes with defense. And if you don't give him defenders, and you don't also the other thing that we also have to realize about Frank Vogel's teams is even when you look at those teams that he's coached that were defensive teams, usually what did I say that LeBron plays well with? He plays well with a, with a 3 and D type of playmaking point guard. He had those on those teams. You had a George Hill on, on, on those teams in, in Indiana when you were when you were making that run. George Hill's with that Laker team. Exactly. So it's it's just I I I'm not going to just necessarily put it all on LeBron. It's not all of LeBron. No, it's on two. But if we're... But if we're talking about on the basketball court, it's LeBron. Who I'm blaming on the floor, it's LeBron. LeBron. It, it starts LeBron. and ends. It starts and ends with LeBron. But again, that's why I'm saying Teddy, the first person is Rob Palinka, because yeah. you got the coach that you was going after. You have to give. I get it. Basketball seems so simple. It's offense, defense, score the ball, defend. It's not. Some a lot of great coaches in the NBA are identity guys, right? They find things that their masterminds at, and then they say, "Okay, give me these things, and I will be successful," mm-hmm. right? And 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 we all knew coming in, if you're a fan of hoops, right, and you watch Indiana and you watch this guy, you really had a lot of respect for this guy's defense. His defense was great, so we knew when we had Dwight Howard, we had Javale McGee. Giving up Caruso, who was a great defender. You look at what he's doing with Chicago. Even Contavious Caldwell Pope. I mean, he, Casey P. He played, he played numbnut ball. He played numbnut ball, but he was still a very valuable asset for them it's, defensively. And he can hit three. Not, it's not numbnut ball. It's he's not. The offense was never great for them to succeed at. It's never been a great skin. You're not going to get the best offensive version of Danny Green with those Lakers or KCP with those Lakers. You're not going to get that. But what you're going to get is fantastic defense. Mm -hmm. You're going to get, you know, Danny Green's an all-NBA defender, you know, multiple years. KCP is a great defender, right? LeBron James is a multiple 
all defensive guy. AD was runner up for defensive player of the year. Dwight Howard had, you know, this is two, three years ago, more closer to his prime is three time defensive player of the year. JaVale McGee is a block champion. Avery Bradley is an all defender. Rondo is an all NBA defender. Mm. You had all these six to seven all NBA defenders and you give that to Vogel, who was a defensive mastermind. It didn't matter that their offense was below 10. It didn't yeah. matter. They were going to win and they got rest and we won. You take that away and you and you and, and it's, it's also LeBron because you have to know this about your coach. You have to say, no, we need to get defenders for vote because yeah. that's what made us success. But again, that's why I blame Palenka. Palenka should have surrounded his coach with defenders. So I get it if we have to get rid of him, free him, free him yeah. and allow him to go pursue what he does great with teams who want to do it great. Yeah, but in the year that they went in a bubble. Blame him. Yeah, I agree. Because even in the year that they won in the bubble, they were third in the league in defense, giving up 106.3 points per game. But they were 11th in the league in offense, only scoring 112 per game. If you look at last season, they were actually first in the league in terms of defensive rating last year, giving up 107.1 points per game. But they were 24th in the league in terms of scoring at 101.9 per game. And then this season, progressively worse. Defensive rating, 16th in the league, giving up 110 points per game. And their offensive rating is 23rd in the league, only scoring 108.9 points per game. That's that's the defense is clearly, LeBron, LeBron clearly, every clearly year, the problem. It, LeBron every year, athleticism is fleeing, so he, he's not – he depends on athleticism to defend. He's a very bright player, but he also depends on athleticism. So again, See, you know, and this is part of my problem with the with LeBron James fans. Why would he play D for these bums? Play D for the only way you're going to be successful is if you play defense. Listen, D is so important. As Isaiah Rashad, D is important. D is important, brother. That's what you don't get. You don't get how important D is, fool. It's D. And you have to play defense because that's what you're – you're LeBron fucking James. And when you can't, it's time for you to go, my brother. It is time for you to go. Yeah, it's time he, to go. Do you have too short? It's time to go. I, I've been saying it this whole time. It's time to go. Yeah. Even if you look at LeBron in terms of his – um. He hasn't made an all-NBA defense team in about eight years, and I think rightfully so. But I think it's been a clear fall-off in the past three years of his defensive prowess. But I think a lot of that I contribute to the growing um, and him probably not wanting to just take getting, as many risks. older. And just getting, just getting older. getting older, man. Yeah, I'm not mad at it. But let's go ahead. Let's talk about the trade everybody actually wants us to talk about. Ben Simmons and James Harden oh, swapped. No, no, no. Go ahead. Yeah, are oh, you talking about? I thought you were gonna talk about the trade for the Bucks, but okay, let's we can do this one now. Okay, fine. Uh, ben Simmons and James Harden swap teams uh, today. It, basically, all these reports are now coming out that uh, James Harden hated Kyrie Irving with a passion, uh, and he didn't like Ky the way Kyrie Irving went about himself. I guess Kyrie walked in the locker room and saged the locker room one day, which made him really mad. <laughs> he just wanted to get away. I'm serious. I swear that's a, a report that, that Harden was looking at Kyrie as though he had three heads when he was saging the locker room in Cleveland because he <laughs> said there was some bad energy and ghost in there. So Harden just wanted to get away from uh, Kyrie. Ben Simmons just wanted to get away from Embiid. They're a match made in, in uh, everybody. Uh, in yes, exactly. Philly. And I actually think that it's a good trade for both teams. I said the same thing. My only problem is... 
Harden's growing slash hamstring slash thighs is our will like I think he still got uh he opted in for the second year in his contract so they will have him throughout the end of next season um as well because he had a player option to end this season uh so they'll have him for the next 18 months two years whatever he's been out for the past five games with a hamstring injury which whether it was a hamstring injury or them just saying or him just being like ah, I don't want to play until they trade me we'll see what it is exactly exactly but I worry about the 76ers having two injury prone guys being their stars and I know Ben Simmons was you know he had injuries early on in his career but he was you know for the most part has been a very very pretty sturdy, sturdy pretty sturdy option night in night out so I just hope that they don't run into an issue to where Embiid tweaks something and then Harden tweaks something and then before you know it this conf- a conference finals run or a championship run is over because of their health so I'm just gonna knock on wood and pray that they get some good health. But I think it's a good trade for both teams. The only thing I don't like about this trade is I like what Tyrese Maxey was starting to do and develop, and I felt like they was developing a groove. It's going to be very interesting to see how uh, Doc Rivers, who you despise as a coach, um, will be able to get those guys to fit in and if he can get them to buy in and be a championship team. So what do you think? I don't despise Doc Rivers as a coach. I just think he's an overrated coach. You kind of despise him. No, Did you think he deserved think to be in the top 15 all time? Top who he made he, like the NBA coaches voted on the top fifteen NBA coaches yeah, all time. Now, he was one of them. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, he was one of them. Casey Jones and uh, who was the other yeah, black? Yeah, no, oh, and Lenny Wilkins. Yeah, no, not Doc. 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 Doc, Doc, is, Doc is the Doc is the most winningest uh, black coach in NBA history. He's actually one of the top five most winningest coaches in basketball history. Doc has played with so much talent. It's scary. Like outside of Orlando, Doc has like Doc has two. Doc has a future MVP and an MVP on this team now. Doc yeah. had two defensive player of the year runner-ups last year. Doc with Paul George had a finals MVP, a multiple time defensive player of the year. Kevin Garnett the MVP. Again, his his for what he's had, he's actually failed miserably. That's not despising him. He's he had the big three in Boston. They talk like they won seven championships. You won one. And you got handed to you. You you have all that talent, and it's just not working out. It's no, I, I don't. I love Doc Rivers. Actually, I'm a huge fan as a kid of Doc Rivers as a player. His personality, like he's a great guy. As a coach, he's overrated. Like it's just, and it's been showing for years. But with this kind of lineup, if they're healthy, you know what I mean. And James wants to play defense. You know what I mean because he he has the capability. They could win this year. Mm-hmm. They could win this year. Like. I think Philly is trying to win now. I think Maury's trying to prove a point he wants to win now. It's a fantastic trade for Philly. They weren't getting anything out of Ben Simmons. Nothing out of Ben Simmons. <laughs> they weren't getting anything out of Ben Simmons. Right? Nothing yeah, out of Ben Simmons. Zero production, which actually, right? so, I, I think so. that they'll get some production. I think the Nets are probably like, thank God, because I guarantee you Kyrie Irving will not be a Brooklyn Net next year. You can go ahead and continue. Okay, so it was a great trade for Philly. Fantastic. They, they, they got an MVP in the prime of his career, wherever it's at. It's an MVP to combine with possibly the MVP of this year, right? So now you have a chance. You got two great players. You kept Matisse for the defense. You know, you, you have some stuff going on. You could make this work. Now, um, the Nets did great. You have two guys who like to shoot and one guy who likes to pass. 
mm-hmm. you immediately got better defensively, like by miles. You immediately change your defense right off the rip. Yeah, your shooting got deeper. You went from just having Patty Mills to having Seth Curry. Yeah, shooting got way deeper. Honestly, I think that. Seth Curry might be the most underrated part of the trade. I know it's going to take, I think that Ben said he's not in condition, so it's going to take him a couple weeks to get back up in a basketball condition. But still, if we're talking about beginning of March, KD and Ben Simmons on the same floor. It's like it's like a weird version of Kareem and Magic. It is, but I, I'm going to be honest with you. And I know you know KD, so I'm not going to trash talk him. You can but, trash talk him, please. But, but I'm, but I'm, I'm going to tell him what you said, and then I'm going to double up on it. But I'm 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 worried that he will not want to be selfless enough to try to make Ben work. Like I've said it a million times, Katie is, and I, and, I, and, and 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 let me just say this before you um, um, sure. respond to that. Sorry, yeah. I've said many times that Katie is a beta male, right? Mm-hmm. On this Brooklyn Nets team, they didn't have an alpha male, and actually, if you want to say they have an alpha male, it's Kyrie Irving, and nobody fucking likes him. So it's like, what the fuck? He's fucking sage in the locker room, making the other guys mad. Like, all right. Which I don't see why they're so mad about it being sage. It helps. I would be upset anti- if I walked into the locker room and Cuz was around here waving that wick. I'd be like, Gee, bro. It get rid of the microbial germs bro, in the room. Bro, 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 don't the- be waving sage <laughs> in the locker room, bro. What you trying to do, bro? I, I did a podcast with some girls and they were trying to use tarot cards. I'm like, bro, don't do that. I don't need nothing else in my life. This cripping already keeps my life in danger. I don't need nothing extra from the spiritual realm of what you believe to fuck with me. So I I could understand. I don't know. I could I could imagine KD and this nigga Sage in the locker room. Kyrie is such a fucking crazy character, but such a talented hooper. You just you got to take it. It's worth it. But again, I, I can understand James being upset. So I'm in. But Ben Simmons, I'm gonna say something. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, real quick, real quick. The the thing that self, I mean, I'm sorry. The thing that Katie has to do that I think he has to do, and I don't know if he's self selfless enough to do, is get within himself and become the alpha male for Ben Simmons. Like when Ben is not shooting, fucking scream at him. Shoot the fucking ball. If he's not playing up to par the way you need him to play, give him the same. Because the problem with him and Embiid was. Him, like him and B got drafted, I think, back-to-back years or within three years, but neither of them played until that same year. So Ben looking like, I'm on the same level as you. You've been hurt. I'm Actually, you know what? They played a year apart. But but B came before Ben, and Ben wound up being rookie of the year. And if I'm and Ben is probably like, yo, who the fuck are you telling me what to do? Yeah, I'm going, me and I'm you the same level. I'm versus, KD, yeah, versus KD, Ben can't go in there and say nothing to KD. So is KD going to be selfless enough to say, I got to lead this guy even though I know he's sensitive? And get the best out of him without trying to hurt his feelings. And I am the de facto leader of the team. Look at me, and we are going to go and ball. I don't necessarily so, know if he has that in him. So now, from a personality standpoint, and even talking to different guys, Baron you know, Hoopers, yeah. I don't get into personalities. Like mm-hmm. all the scared. I don't think Ben Simmons is scared to shoot the ball. I, I'm not buying none of that. I'm not buying KD as not a leader. And, you have no excuses with me. You get none. So it's no excuses. That's the point. You know what I mean? That's why you're always held accountable. There's no excuses in basketball. There's no excuses in life. You know I mean, I, you don't have those, right? So I think it's a match made in heaven 
because you have two guys who like to shoot and what the one thing with this team that's different than Philly. Oh, you don't got to worry about somebody shooting the ball. You don't got to shoot the ball. Just give it don't matter where you give it up at. There's two guys that that is their motherfucking thing. Get in buckets. Oh, they're going to get buckets. And the reality is he's such a fantastic defender. You know, he can guard one through five. You put him and Speedy Claxton together, like yo, that shit. And Kevin yeah, that's can pretty crazy. Kevin you, can you, defend. So I mean, you man. mean you mean Nick Claxton? Speedy Claxton was a Speedy point Nick, guard, but Nick, I know you meant. I know you meant though. So, so Kevin can defend. Like this is it's not a Kyrie can defend. Mm-hmm. Like the job Kyrie was doing before he got hurt against the Bucks against Drew Holiday was special. So again, it's there. The team just got better. The, the same problem and the same fears I have, you know, as far as just basketball that I have with mm-hmm. the 76ers as the coach, mm-hmm. but he's proved he can win. I have with the Nets as the coach. Yeah, Steve Nash. I have actually, zero faith in Steve Nash. I'm going to be honest. Pappy told me before the start of, um, of Steve Nash's tenure in Brooklyn. He's like, I like Steve Nash and he's a great basketball mind. He's like, but I don't know if he's going to be able to coach this team to get the best out of them. And I don't necessarily know if he's done that. And is that true to always say that the best players make the worst uh, coaches? Historically. No, history says that. I just told you. No, but explain that. uh, Yes, yes, but yes. But that's you that always says that. Yeah, that enforces that. Yeah. So I I worry about Steve Nash because even his rotations, like, it's He's going more of the D'Antoni system because, you know, I think when you look at Steve Nash's offenses, they're a hybrid of between the Sun six seconds or less offense, Greg Popovich's offense, a little bit of Phil's triangle, and then heavy on Mike D'Antoni's seven seconds or less. Um, but, but I think that they play a lot slower than D'Antoni's system. But his rotations are still in a similar way that D'Antoni is. D'Antoni is like a Tibbs guy. He historically plays his guys – high volume men is especially his starters and i think that has been a huge part of the issue for them because they starters ain't only played the, like the three the big three the the big three that they had they only played 16 games together they were but 13 and three so if you're gonna ride it. one of them 38 minutes a night when the other guys aren't there you're but never going to get the right chemistry go ahead it was never going to work because there was no way to have chemistry between those three guys Remember when he talked about yeah. this when they yeah. there's zero, it was always impossible yeah. to have chemistry between those three guys. They all want to do the same thing. Yep. Ben Simmons is a guy that wants to get in transition. He's a guy that wants to score at the hoop. He's a guy that loves to pass. Mm-hmm. And he's a guy that prides himself as a defender. That is the exact spark plug that the Nets need to compete. He's 6'10, 6'11. He could guard Giannis. As yes. much as Giannis can be guarded. They kept Patty Mills. I didn't know they kept Patty Mills. Right. And this so so Patty Mills three-point shooting plus Seth again. No, that's deep. Steve Nash could be the best coach. Steve Nash could be the best player that ever won a championship if they're able to pull it together. It's going to be a challenge because Steve Nash is definitely not a championship coach. Mm-hmm. But the Nets can make him one. The Nets can make him one. It's not possible. It's it's very excuse me. It's it's very possible. Mm-hmm. KD, I think, is going to do great with Ben Simmons. 
I think Ben Simmons looks up to Kevin Durant, so it's different than James Harden and Kyrie Irving. Oh, you think he looks think, up to KD? I okay. know he does. Okay. I know he does. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I know he does. Um, mm-hmm. I know James Harden and Kyrie, they think they are KD. You know what I'm saying? And rightfully, yeah. they have their own claim. They've done one won a championship, the other one won MVP. They everybody feel Ben, I think Ben looks to KD special. Mm-hmm. And um, so long as KD takes that relationship and that little brothers him and nurtures him because he he has things in your game that you can help him become. You know how I feel about Ben Simmons. I think Ben Simmons yeah. is a future MVP. I think Ben Simmons is a future MVP of this league. I think Ben Simmons is a future defensive player of this league. I think Ben Simmons is a future best player of this league. Mm-hmm. He's just too big and too good, and you got to take advantage of it. I agree. I said he would be better than Malone. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not better than Malone. He would be better than um, than LeBron. And people call me crazy now. I was tripping because yeah, I tripping. don't think he'll be better than. I don't think he would be better than LeBron anymore. But I do think even if he's a LeBron light or or LeBron, if he only played point guard, that's still fucking great to me. I still he'll, take it. He'll be a lot different than LeBron. Um, he'll be a lot different than LeBron, man. He, he, He's special. He's not like LeBron. It's different, you know. He's um to be able to guard the way he guards and 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 as a playmaker, he could easily be the best defensive point guard in the NBA of all time. Um, he's he's fantastic, man. He, he's everybody undervalues him because of what happened in that playoff, but Maury was always smart enough to understand what he was worth. And it's funny because I was having conversations with a couple of the homies in hoops and shit. And I was telling mm-hmm. them Ben Simmons is what they think I'm crazy. I'm like, yo, Ben Simmons is worth it. Y'all will see, put him in a situation. That man will be an MVP of this league. He'll be around 20, 19, 21, 12 assists, nine, 10 rebounds at 61%. Like he'll be fantastic. So I think both teams made off like bandits. I like it for both teams. I think both teams can compete immediately for a championship. They both challenged the Bucks, and the Bucks made a sweet move, you know, until they get their California. Yeah, yeah. Let's back. go ahead. Yeah, so let's go ahead and talk about it. Um, the the Bucks. Um, you know they've they've been adding a lot of front court depth to their team. Um, over the season, obviously Robin Lopez. I'm sorry, not Robin Lopez. Brooke Lopez. He had a he had disc surgery on his back. So his time, his return timetable has been up in the air. Although Bobby Portis has played very, very well. Big splash move that the um sorry that the Clippers made today was actually trading away Serge Ibaka, who himself has actually just came off of a back surgery. Um, but Serge has been playing well over the past week, so it makes sense why Milwaukee would want to get him. And I think the main reason why they got him was to play against the Nets, Philly. Or Miami. I think they don't have to worry about the Bulls in terms of front court depth because we only really got Vucevic. But now they got somebody where if you want to run out a big lineup versus Miami or a big lineup versus Sixers or a big lineup versus the Nets, you can do it now with confidence. You got guys that you can rotate in. Serge can still stretch the floor if they need him to just become like a stretch big. He still can block shots. I don't like his touch around. His touch around the basket is basically gone. It was never really there, but it's basically gone now. But still, he's a serviceable defender, another body to defend somebody else in the East. Six more fouls. And he can stretch the floor. What do you think about the Bucks? I think they made a great move for the for for the for the trade deadline. They um, traded Dante DiVincenzo, which kind of hurt me. They, they got him. deep. They they got deep yeah. in the backcourt. They're super yeah. deep. They have a really lot of serv- serviceable great guys in the backcourt. So, um, 
what's the guy? Pat McCon, what's his name? McConaughey or Oh uh, yeah, uh um I'm sorry, Pat Connaughton. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Pat Connaughton. Pat Connington. When yeah. he showed up in the playoffs, that threatened Dante's position. I knew it was a matter of time because uh Pat mm-hmm. really went crazy in the playoffs. Um I think they made the greatest moves to give themselves a chance to win again. I mean, they got, you know, the backup power forward, um, crazy man with the wild eyes. Uh, oh, oh, sorry, you're talking about Bobby Portis. Yeah. Portis. Bobby Portis. P. Yeah. Stepping up big. So that helps with your offense. But you needed what Brooke Lopez does for your floor spacing. You know, that was missing. You missed it defensively. You're missing Brooke Lopez defensively. Brooke Lopez over the last four or five years have put together has put together really great defensive seasons that's flew under the radar, mm-hmm. which is weird because we started off talking about the Lakers and we started talking about their coach who was a defensive mastermind. The same is for Coach Bud. Yeah, if you give Bud defensive personnel, you know you gave him Drew Holiday. You know what I mean to go with Middleton, who's a who's a more than serviceable defender, um, a defensive player of the year in in Giannis. You feel me? And Brooke Lopez having great, you know, a mind to play defense, great IQ. You know, they were able to produce a championship. Well, now you got Porter stepping up real big. You added George Hills there, right? Mm-hmm. You got um a few guys that can defend at the highest level, but now you bring in a really quality defender who could stretch the floor. So just in case you don't get Brooke Lopez before the playoffs, because they do think he's going to come back, but now you have depth to stretch the floor. And you can defend. Now, I do. I agree with you. Brooke is a little better, you know, around the rim. So when offense gets real soggy, you can always go to Brooke. You, you, yeah. you don't have that, obviously, with, with your guy. But then you have Portis. And you have a lot of more backcourt offensive players now over there that can really make plays. So I think they put themselves in the best possible position, you know what I mean, to win back-to-back. And it's crazy how great the East is. It's crazy how great the East is. It is. The East has been actually so good this year that that you it's been hard to see who's dominant in terms of just the overall dominance. Like I think the West, the dominance is really the top two seeds. And then after that, everybody's kind of in a similar pool. Um, I, I thought the Jazz would have were would be in that top three, like undeniable teams, but then obviously Joe Ingles got hurt. Um, but a team that I really want to talk to you about, the Dallas Mavericks, they traded it away, Christoph Sporzingis. They traded for Spencer Dinwiddie and for Davis Bertans. Now, I'm not mad at them trading for Davis Bertans because he is historically a very, 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 very good shooter. But I don't think that he was, um, I don't think he was uh, a real good option for what they wanted to do in Washington. Because last year he averaged 11.5 points per game. He was shooting 39.5% from the three-point line. The year before he was shooting 42.4%. The year before, 42.9. This year, only 31.9% while only playing 15 minutes a game. So he's getting 10 less minutes a game now that Kuzma and all those other guys are there. He's a guy that with Luka, if you play him with Luka, now you actually have a real stretch four that's actually a stretch four because they were trying to turn Porzingis into that stretch four, but KP want to still ISO. He still want to be on the block. He still want to shoot his fadeaways. And Luca basically relegates him to being a player that spots up in the corner. So I think it's interesting. Do you think that the Mavericks kind of mortgaged away any chance they had of getting out of the first round this year? I mean, I think it looks better. It looks a lot like the Cavs when they have Kyrie Irving. I mean, obviously, Spencer Dinwiddie is not Kyrie Irving. Yeah. Obviously, Luca is not LeBron James, but the games are very similar. So it's that kind of guy like where 
when Luca's offense is just flat, like you know, that's what happens to him in the first round is his offense starts to go flat, like LeBron. And mm-hmm. when he can't make a play and he just needs to pass it out, well, it was different when you have Kyrie Irving to do that kick too, because Kyrie would figure out a shot and a look to get the best possibility. And mm-hmm. I think Spencer Dimwitty kind of gives you a diet version of that for Luca. You know, mm-hmm. whereas when I'm struggling, I can't get going because they got me now. They didn't call up to my timing. Let me give it to Spencer. And Spencer is probably worthy of being guarded by the best player on the team as well. So yeah, he's had a down year this year, only 12.6 points per game. He's out. He, he, he is averaging 5.8 assists and 4.7 rebounds a game, but his scoring this year hasn't been that great. He's only been shooting 37.6% from the field and 31% from three this year. So I think the only way he can go is up, which is if you trade for him and you really want him to come in and be your six man or to be the guy that's the main scoring threat when Luka isn't on the floor. I feel him, but I don't know, man. These the contracts that they have. I don't I just I just question what they were what they were doing. I thought they were going to try to go after Dame um because Dame has close ties you to know, their GM and stuff, that, that but I just don't That definitely wouldn't work, man. I, the, the, again, it's yeah. just like the LeBron system, the the Dallas system is built around Luka. It's going to go as far as he goes. Um but I do think Spencer works out with him on the floor with Luka. I think there's going to be moments where we get to see Spence and all his scoring glory and everything is going to be fantastic. I mean, do I think they're going to win a championship? No. But do I think they can get out of the first round with this? Yes. I think Spencer next to him creates another guy. Everybody else had, he had to figure out offense for them. He had to figure Mm -hmm. out offense for them. He had to figure out how were they going to get the best open look. KP is dope. I love KP, huge fan. And I think Luka, just like LeBron, hurt every power forward game in, in the past. I think Luka was hurting his game. But I think Spencer is different. So in those moments when, you know, Luka is starting to struggle and everybody's figuring him out, you can give it to Spencer. And Spencer is a tough out for people to figure out when it's, when he needs to score the ball. So I do think this gets them out of the first round. Mm. I'm not mad at it. Crazy, I don't know. Right? I think I think we'll I think we'll see. I think I think I, I do want to uh, just quickly mention. I think it's hilarious that the Lakers were trying to get Dennis Schroeder back um, um, at the trade deadline. Did you somebody hear that? Said, somebody said they should give him the money he's asking for, and everybody told me I was crazy. And they got Russell Westbrook, and everybody. Oh, you see, it's like, bro, you, yeah, you they have just the- gave him that eighty-four mil. Well, actually, no, they offered him eighty-four, and he won a hundred. Right? Just give him what he was asking for. He's the combo guard. You need it. Yeah. LeBron James historically has needed to play next cuss to a combo guard. Crip gang. He, that's what he has needed. Yeah. Give him the combo guard. Pay the man. Because now you're paying Russ and you don't even have a whole player because you're compromising him. Give the combo guard the money. It's not a ton of combo guards. I get it. We think we're in a, a positionless game. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. There's not many great combo guards. Yeah. It's just not out there. Yeah. All right. Let's go ahead. Let's move on. Let's talk about Zion Williamson and the Pelicans. Um, Zion is reportedly working out of Portland, Oregon um, and conditioning because they had to get him away from that food in New Orleans. Uh, But now the Pelicans, who are currently 10th in terms of play in right behind the Lakers, which would be hilarious if they beat the Lakers in the play in and got and got the Lakers out out of the paint. But they're currently three games behind the Lakers in the play in. They just traded for veteran guard, borderline all-star C.J. McCollum uh, from the Portland Trailblazers, which I personally thought was a great move for them because what they truly have been missing to me is a 
offensively scoring threat combo guard. And CJ is the perfect combo guard. I think they tried to get that with Nikhil Alexander Walker, but he's 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 a good prospect, but that but he's not the guy now. I think CJ for the Pelicans will never be an all-star because I don't think he will ever be an all-star. I think he'll go down as one of the best players in NBA history to never be an all-star. But I do think that he will still be able to play at a borderline all-star level with Ingram on the floor and with Zion. And I think when Ingram goes to the bench, you can run a lot of lineups where you run Zion and CJ in pick and rolls. And how are you going to defend that with Zion shooting 60-some percent from the field and CJ being deadly, you know, coming off that pick, um, whether he want to pop or whether he want to drive to the rim. So I think, they, I think they're an interesting team. Do you think they have a chance to make it out of the play-in and into the playoffs, the Pelicans? Yes. Um I'm with Zion on, or no Zion, by so the way. I'm high on CJ. I'm, I'm really high on CJ. I'm high on Ben. I'm high on CJ. Um, it's a chance because they have offense. They can score. And if they get going, it's going to be tough. Um, with Zion, and Zion was always going to be a project. I don't think people looked at it like a project. It was always going to be a project. That's a really big kid. Mm-hmm. That guy is huge. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So... That project is a long-term project. You you have mm-hmm. to work that project for the next how many years he lasts, you know, how long his joints last. That's a big guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. I mean, I love it for You still CJ. have Valanchunas, too. You still have Valanchunas. And also, the rookie, I don't know if you heard about him, but they the rookie they have, Herb Jones, people have been talking about him as being one of uh, basically propelling himself to be in that class of best defenders in the NBA, so much so I've been hearing people talk about him potentially being second team all defense. Now I don't watch a ton of her, you know, you know, of Herb of Herb Jones. Um, so you know, been able to see him play. I watch the Pelicans sparingly if they're playing a good team. I want to see, but I think that is good for them having a solid, you know, guy that can play power forward that can play defense at while Zion isn't there. I think they, the problem they're they gonna run into they is when he gets back. I mean, yeah. The problem I think they're gonna run into is when he gets back. And other guys have to shift to being instead of the first or second option or third option. Now you the second, third or fourth option, um, which I think is going to be interesting for them. But I think that they still will make the play in. And if they play the Lakers in the play in, I'm picking the Pelicans. I don't care what anybody says. I'm I, I'm not even a, I'm not even a betting man. And I might take a hundred and put it down on the Pelicans. Man, still Brandon Andy Ingram Davis. won't that smoke. My my boy Rail from DC, the kid I talked to, is hilarious. He has his. Exp- it's still a Anthony Davis, LeBron James. So I, I don't quite know if Pelican. I'm 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 gonna, I'm gonna use Rail's term. I don't know if the Pelicans do that against LeBron and Anthony Davis. But if they do, I definitely don't want to hear nobody blaming Malik Monk or THT or Austin Reeves or anybody else. But again. The Pelicans have entirely too much personnel. They got a lot of shit to clear up. What can happen is going to be funny. I just don't know the identity of the team. Like, it's mm-hmm. always been a weird thing. So, right now, I just enjoy watching their games. Again, they, they so depth in personnel. I just hope they run up the scoreboard. Um, yeah. I, I, I'll say this, and I'll be done with the Pelicans talk. I never liked the tandem of Ingram and Zion. I think Ingram plays entirely too slow and Zion needs to play fast. Mm-hmm. And I think those are, you know, they conflict. So I'm I'm not in for that. And I think that's where CJ can help because like I said, I think they have to more so try to work in a system where they can start the game with Zion and Ingram 
and then staggered them and, and like like they like first six minutes of the game y'all play together last six minutes of the game y'all play together the rest of the game we're gonna stagger these lineups get y'all in maybe one or two minutes with each other and then the rest we're gonna run we're gonna run these isos for you ingram when zion not on the floor and when zion on the floor cj we want to run score and get and if we can't run and score we want to get some some high low pick and rolls and try to get zion going to the rim and i think that is where they'll be successful also the thing for them is valentunas valentunas hit i think five or six straight threes in a game versus the clippers this year he's a guy that for them is scary because if him and zion can figure out how to play together who i don't i don't really think there's a better front front court in the league than those two if and even if you include ingram i don't think there's a better front court in the league if they can figure out how to play together. And I think with, I think with, with Valanchunas being, hold on, wait, hold on one second. I think with Valanchunas being a pick and pop option and, mm -hmm. and him liking to take threes versus Steven Adams, who's a high pick and roll, dive to the basket, offensive rebounder type of guy. I think they'll, they could be successful with all of those guys on the team because all of those guys that can step out and shoot if they want to. And then we can move on from the Pelicans after you get your last no, point. Um, the biggest mistake they should have traded Ingram instead of Lonzo Ball. I agree with that actually. Zion runs. You, you they wouldn't have won any games this year, though, but I agree. Well, you have to have a running team with Zion. Mm -hmm. Zion is a transition guy. Um, if that's how you build in your core, it starts, that's your nucleus. He's a running guy. Ingram is a half court player. Mm -hmm. And I think Zion, I think Lonzo Ball is a fantastic transition player. That's that's that doesn't get a lot of credit for what's going on with the Bulls, but the ability to create transition offense, you know, mm -hmm. two big guards and Caruso and Lonzo being able to take those rebounds. DeMar still got some, you know, juice in those legs. Obviously, Zach can run. Mm -hmm. they, they can run. They will run you off the court. You know what I mean? Yeah. They will. The, the Bulls will run you off the court. So I think when I think of the Pelicans, I'm like, oh, they're in a weird space of like no man's land. They don't truly have an identity, mm -hmm. but they have guys who can score the ball. They got guys that they want to that can play defense. And with CJ, it makes it a lot more interesting. So I would love to see them versus the Lakers in the first round. That would be oh, fucking I would hilarious. I would love it. Trust me. So last topic before we get out of here. The okay. Sacramento Kings quietly has rebuilt their entire squad. And I want to make sure that I finally give them their proper credit and their proper kudos. Because Marvin Bagley was never happy. Honestly, wasn't a good draft. Which I love like, Bagley for Detroit. Me too. I like him for Detroit too. I think he and him and Cade actually might be a decent combo. So young, so young, and so 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 talented. Yeah, but what I think the best part about for you know you know for um um you know for the Kings are they get a guy in Justin Holiday that can score right, but then you also get a guy in Dante Divincenzo who's historically been a starter and can play defense to come off your bench or start. They kept Harrison Barnes, who, as much as I like talking crap about Harrison Barnes, still, still top 50. Player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, still top 50 in the league in scoring, 52nd in rebounds. His PER ain't been bad. He'll still give you some assists. Still solid um, as a rock. Still very, very solid. And DeMontis Sabonis, I think, is... is The most know, important part. I genuinely... Like, that dude, he just... And I, I, give, I give his father credit for raising a smart basketball player. Because he just plays the game very, very intelligent, and he doesn't waste a lot of energy. And even um, uh, you know, some Kings fans pointed out yesterday in a video that when at the end of the game it was a minute and fifty left, and and I think they were up by four. 
Davion Mitchell, who's the other point guard for the Kings, who the, you know, the rookie that they drafted, who, who's been playing very well this season, mm-hmm. inbounded the ball and got the ball in the inbound. DeMontis Sabone has literally signaled him to give the ball to De'Aaron Fox and then called De'Aaron Fox over at the, at the top near the three-point line to set up a pick and roll so that way De'Aaron Fox could get a nice pick and roll and drive to the basket. There is mm-hmm. nobody on that team before that would have had the basketball IQ to say, you know what, let's run this pick and roll. You know, that's a big man that's in the front court that would say, you know what, let me get a ball to De'Aaron, let me set this high screen and roll, and let's get this bucket and get out of here. Mm-hmm. He is going to be a perennial all-star for the Sacramento Kings. I think if he stays there long term, he will wind up being one of the best kings in, in Kings history. And I Who think is the best king in King history. I would probably have to by default say Chris Weber. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you feel like that? Yeah, I would have to say Chris Weber, to be honest. I think I, I but that's part of the problem. He the, the the there's been so much talent in the league. They haven't had an extremely talented player or a top five talent, top three talent in the league since Chris Webber was playing. And even then, I don't know if he was a top five talent yeah, at that point in time. Not, Might have um, been top ten, but yeah. Yeah. Sabonis is special. He's the key to that trade. Every, I mean, all the all the parts are great, but he makes them such a smarter basketball team. You actually bring in somebody who's thinking the game, a, a willing playmaker, a very – unbelievably savvy basketball player. He's going to make them better the first. It's just, it's a wrap. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they, have, yeah. they, they can do some stuff now. And he can pass out the block. I, th- I thought the best part about what he did yesterday was usually when guys come in first time on a new team and they're trying to score and get it going, he mm-hmm. came in and he had three assists in the first quarter. And I think two of them were to De'Aaron Fox. So instantly you coming in already saying, yo, young fella, my point guard, if you get me the ball, I'm going to get you the ball back. And okay. I think that within itself for De'Aaron Fox is like, what? I don't know if you saw the picture, but after the game, he hugged DeMontis Sabonis so so tight. He grabbed, yeah. grabbed that man and hugged him like, thank God. I, I'm, I'm glad you're here. Yeah. And I feel him because it's been so much mediocrity. And even Sabonis said, he, you know, he's like, I just want a home. I got traded on draft night. I thought Indiana would be my home. They don't want to keep me. I just want a home. And I'm hoping that I can make this place my home and a place I can be for a long time. And I think if you're a if you're a fan of the Kings, you have your guy. You have your guys. I think De'Aaron Fox and and Demontis Sabonis are your two guys. Now I think what they got to do now is figure out a way to build in the offseason, try to see if they can get rid of Harrison Barnes, and maybe try to see if they can bring in another wing or another power forward. Because Why I think they Harrison Barnes. I say get rid of him because he. You don't think he, he brings the stability as far as veteran leadership? and He and reminds me of, I'm going to say no on Harrison Barnes, and this is why. He makes too much money, and I can't depend on him to generate any offense at the end of the game. Should you have and to? Yes. You want to know why? It's a bonus in, in De'Aaron yes. Fox? Yes. And I, and I, yes, and I say this because there are dominant centers and power forwards in the NBA. There are less dominant small forwards and wings in the NBA than there are dominant centers in the NBA. Meaning, like, <laughs> there are like LeBron, though, you think about dominant wings, you got LeBron, Middleton, KD. But, but who the problem else? is, the wing, I, I can't say Middleton not even that dominant, even though and, and I guess you can't issue. say that 90, 50, 40, but still, go ahead. <laughs> and this is my issue when we're talking about small forwards, right? Mm-hmm. This is my issue when we're talking about small forwards. The small forward position. Shout out to you, Teddy has, Hart. 
Oh, much love, Teddy. The small forward position has always been the invisible position. I think we're starting to overrate it in this era. And obviously, teams that are built around small forwards don't really be successful. It, it requires entirely too much talent. Mm-hmm. They're not really yeah. that successful. You know what I mean? It's just, Larry Bird was the greatest small forward before LeBron James in his three and four championships. Meanwhile, the best centers is six and ten. The best point guards are uh, six and five, and the shooting guards is five and six. The uh, power forwards is Tim Duncan. You know what I mean? Again, the wing is is a bit shaky. The wing has historically not the shooting guard wing, but the small mm-hmm. forward position. Yeah. So I think Harrison Barnes is the stability they need, and I like him. I think where you where you gonna place the bonus? You gonna play him as a center or power forward? See me personally. Now I know this might sound kind of controversial. But I damn near might run him and Rashawn Holmes out there to start the game. And I know Rashawn Holmes has been coming off the bench, but he was starting before. Because Rashawn Holmes is energy and effort. DeMontis Sabonis is energy and effort. Harrison Barnes is usually effort, maybe not a ton of energy. And then you got Davion Mitchell off the bench, defensive guy, energy and effort. And if you can create a team and a culture of energy and effort, then that becomes your identity. And I think right now with Sabonis, they still don't have an identity. We still will be yet to see what they will become. But I think if they put the onus on defense and they say we can become an in, uh, um, it's not a really gentry. Def- yes, I understand it, but I don't think he's there to stay. I think I think when you, I think now that you got Sabonis, you look you're looking like, hey, we need to go out and get a coach that can fit within what he does well and be able to continue to make sure he's a perennial All Star. That's what I personally believe. I think this year in Indiana, I don't believe Sabonis was an all-star. He got the short end of the stick, which he should have been an all-star. But I should have been. Yes, he should have. He was still averaging like 19 and 12. Glasses. Yeah, no, 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 no. The glasses. Come on. He's just really fantastic. Ah, he's oh, fantastic. I don't know if I can agree with you on that one, OG. This man was averaging who, 19. Who, who do you, oh, who listen, do you? listen. In 47 games, he was averaging 19 points a game, 12.1 rebounds, five assists. 57 shooting 57.8% from the field goal range, 32% from three, 73.9 from the free throw line, and he got a 22.8 PER. He should have been an all-star. Okay. Who do you replace? I don't care. Take somebody. Yeah, honestly, somebody. honestly, Middleton. I thought Middleton shouldn't have made it. I truly, I tr- I love Chris Middleton. And I I love Chris you Middleton. Ain't got, you ain't got to convince me because I think y'all super high saying, on Chris no, Middleton. No, no, I'm just saying I've gone to bat for Chris Middleton. Yeah, but I, I he think y'all ain't doing think y'all that. Y'all in, I think y'all entirely too high on Chris Middleton. But he but, ain't giving me 19, 12, and 5 he, on, on 50 plus percent shooting from the field. Woo. Yeah, but he's giving you some wins and he's playing. He's a star in the game. And again, again, the all-stars is a lot different than just who the best player is. It's all the stars. And speaking the stars of that, James Harden mean, was the last pick of the all-star game this year. <laughs> that's true. But he made it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he made it, but he was the last pick by either team KD or LeBron. Um, but I guess we'll get ready to get up out of here, man. I appreciate your glasses as always, man. It's Thanks always fun me. to talk hoops with shout you. Shout out to my boy Pavy, man. P yeah, yeah, shout out to my guy Pav. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Shout out to my guy Pavy, man. Much love to him and his family. They're going yes, through some sir. things right now. So if you can send your prayers and your and your wishes, tweet them at Pavy. So you know, you know let them know that y'all hope he's doing good. Apps. You nice. can send him some cash apps at Pavy World, uh, you know, you know, P A V Y World. Tell him, you know, grab some lunch or a beer or some wine. Y'all know what he like. 
Um, but we definitely appreciate all of the fans. Y'all already know um, glasses. Go ahead, tell them you. Are, I mean, I already know what you're gonna say. It's the hello. So go ahead. Go the ahead. You go ahead. Man, I'm Googleable. Google me. Exactly. Everywhere. Glasses below. Shout out to the OG as always. It's your boy TPJ. Appreciate you guys for tuning in as always. Thanks, glasses. We'll get up with you next time. And fans, man, shout out to all of you guys. We appreciate you for rocking with us. And this episode actually did very, very well. We haven't done one of these live ones in a while. Big, 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 big Martin Shout out to my guy, Teddy Hart. Today he donated $10, then $5, then $20, then $5, then $5. Teddy, bro, you donated fucking $45 today, bro. Teddy Hart is the MVP of the show. Give my, give my man some major love. Major love, my guy, Teddy Hart. As always, I appreciate you guys. Make sure you drop a like on the video. Also, make sure you go check us out on Spotify, Apple Music, anywhere you get your podcast. Search Hoops and Brews. You can find us there. I also have a new podcast called Spilt Milk with WNBA champion Lexi Brown and my homie Jay Black. We talk about everything. Everything. Dating. TVs. We, I, we talked Brian Flores. We had a conversation about Rogan the other day. We've we talk about everything. So go check us out at patreon.com slash spilt underscore milk. That's S-P-I-L-T underscore M-I-L-K. Subscribe to the Patreon. New content. Video episodes are only available on Patreon for spilt milk. So I appreciate you guys. And until next time, man, it's been your boy TPJ. Find me on Twitter at OTPJ. That's O-L-D-T-P-J. You can also find me on Instagram at RealTPJ. That's R-E-E-L-T-P-J. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, wherever you're at. Hoops, the letter N, the word bruise. And until then, I'll get up with y'all later. Peace. Fresh like I just got a contract. Fresh like I just got a max. Roll up this, we ballin' to the max. Fresh like I got a contract. Moving through the city 